This is a Federal News Network podcast. Faced with a shrinking budget and workforce, the IRS has dealt with difficult cuts to its taxpayer service and enforcement operations. But Congress appears ready to sign off on giving the IRS its biggest budget in nearly a decade. But even though they'll get that funding boost, agency officials anticipate a growing workload in the years ahead. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman joins me with more. And Jory, review for us where the IRS has had cuts to its workforce and it says to its mission. The IRS saw one of its biggest cuts to its enforcement workforce. They saw from fiscal 14 to fiscal 18, a 23 percent drop in its number of revenue agents. And to give you a sense of the impact of that, audits have dropped by about 40 percent since 2011. And that impact has been felt in different areas more so than elsewhere. Uh, Members of the House Appropriations Committee raised questions and concerns about just a heat map of where those audits are taking place. And it's often in the deep south and it disproportionately hits low income households. This has been an ongoing thing with their private debt collection activity as well. And in response to all that, we heard from J. Russell George, who is the Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration. And he said the reason for that disparity really boils down to the fact that the IRS has seen some of its senior IRS enforcement staff leave the agency. The more sophisticated the income tax, the more involved it is, the longer it takes. And it really boils down to how they allocate uh, their resources. None of our work has shown any evidence that a bias is occurring in terms of those with money versus those with less money. But there's no question that the more low-income people are being examined than upper-income people. Well, that's J. Russell George. I guess bias can result from intention on the part of the IRS by some strange policy decision, or it can just be the effect of where it is they end up doing the audits, I guess is what he's trying to say there. And, Jory, what kind of budget is the IRS expected to get in the coming fiscal year, 2020, assuming they ever pass a budget? So they have a little bit more breathing room there, but the House and the Senate still have to reconcile their different funding levels for the IRS. The House version of the fiscal 20 spending bill would give the IRS a $12 billion budget as opposed to the Senate, which would give an $11.4 billion budget. That would essentially boil down to, for the Senate version, a $200 million increase, which is a little more modest than the House version. But even then, that would still be the largest budget that the IRS has had since 2012. So a little more breathing room to do more of the projects that they're looking to do. And one other question I wanted to ask you, they did largely over the last couple of years restore the shortfalls that were resulting in terrible customer service, long wait times for telephone calls and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's part of a larger overhaul of not just their IT, but their customer experience. And as well as that, they're also looking to really drill down on fraud. All right. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. And you mentioned IT. And of course, that comes with the topic of cybersecurity. What is the IRS doing now to protect all of these systems from cyber breaches, which they really can't afford to have at all? The agency has, in recent memory, certainly raised concerns about its legacy IT. But despite all of that, its cybersecurity has been pretty uh, resolute. The number we keep on coming back to is that the IRS gets about a million attempts of intrusion on their systems every day. What that really means, and we heard staff from the IG office say that really amounts to just rattling the doorknobs of a locked house, that it's not a serious penetration attempt, but people fishing around. But in order to make sure that its data is secure and that it's safe from data breaches, 
the IRS has a very robust insider threat program. And if someone inside the agency is looking at taxpayer information that they wouldn't normally need to look at for their day-to-day job, they send up little flares or notices that, hey, it seems a little uh, suspicious. And so we, we heard from James Jackson, who is the deputy IG for investigations at TIGTA, and he gave an overview of just how robust those cybersecurity precautions are. There have been lots of attempts to misuse the IRS systems. That's a common occurrence. And that usually occurs when an outside entity has stolen personal identifiable information and they use that to exploit IRS systems to file false tax returns. We're constantly working with the IRS to investigate those types of attempts. Ransomware attempts, um, there have been several attempts. Uh, The IRS has successfully thwarted the attempts. I don't want to get into specific numbers. They've done a really good job, but the environment is continuously changing uh, and they're they're continuously working to adapt to that. And our team sits on uh, tabletop desk exercises to, to run through security scenarios to see how we react, lock down certain parts of the IRS to make sure something wouldn't spread. And that's a good case for filing early before somebody else files in your name, I guess. And Jory, IRS modernization, systems modernization came up during this hearing. And this is, of course, something the IRS has been struggling with for at least 25 years. What's the latest? You're right about that. This is certainly not their first rodeo when it comes to IT modernization. They are getting a little bit of push from Congress in this front as well. Congress passed the Taxpayer First Act earlier this year, and that would really give the IRS the tools to really overhaul its taxpayer experience more than anything else. It would also give them some wiggle room to address legacy IT and things of that nature. But of course, that does cost the IRS some of its finite resources. Scoring on that, the IG said that it would cost about $430 million to implement all the provisions of the Taxpayer First Act, and it would take 700 full-time equivalent employees at the IRS to carry out all of these things in the act beyond its current staffing levels. And this is, again, over the course of three years, but still would be you know, a real commitment on the IRS to carry out these things. This is also going on in concert with a six-year modernization strategy that IRS Commissioner Chuck Reddick has been a big proponent of, and that modernization strategy would cost $3 billion. And as we said at the top of this conversation, Tom, that the IRS has taken a number of initiatives to roll out IT modernization. They haven't always gone well. And again, here is J. Russell George, the Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration, really acknowledging that history. This has been a nightmarish experience for the IRS dating back decades and involving billions of dollars. And so the most recent iteration that uh, they're looking at, again, applies approximately 2 to $3 billion. If uh, implemented effectively, it would achieve the goals that they state they want to achieve, more uh, efficient information to taxpayers and the ability to process tax forms, again, more efficiently. However, if passed as prologue, it's going to be a challenge for them. I guess the first person that gets that one over the line gets the Nobel Peace Prize or something. And finally, Jory, this idea of combating identity theft, that's another area where the IRS has made some progress, I think, in recent years in in knocking that down. What's the latest on that one? Yeah, they have seen a significant decrease in the number of reported cases of identity theft in recent years. But as part of the mandated CapGoal report on customer experience, a number of agencies had to do this under the president's management agenda But the IRS really focused on the identity theft in their report. And so their goal is to shrink the amount of money that it pays to fraudsters by 2% this year. And then for the following years after that, shrink that total spend by 1% until 2024. 
no indication yet of how close they are to meeting those goals. But they're also looking to roll out identity theft filters in their their scanning of income tax returns next calendar year. And as they said before, it's easier to catch the fraud early on once they've made those payouts. It's essentially there's not a whole lot of follow through they can really do. So one percent each year for the next four years at that rate, they will end fraudulent payments by the 22nd century. It's a uphill battle for sure. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman, thank you. Thanks, Tom. Be sure to check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature.